Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Welcome to the No Fear Podcast. It's great to have you with us here today. Today's a great day because we have an interview with our ministry director for students and their families. We have Alex Clary, who has recently joined the staff of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio. And I've got to say, I am so excited to have him not only on the podcast, but also here in San Antonio. And one of the reasons for that is because he is from my hometown, of Columbia, South Carolina. So Alex Clary, thank you for being with us today. It's good to have you here. Um, Tell us a little bit of your story. How did you you get to San Antonio? Where did you come from? Tell us a little bit about who you are and how we can get to know you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Bob. Um, As you mentioned, I'm originally from South Carolina. I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then a few years after that, we moved to Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's about 30 minutes south of Charlotte. Uh, Grew up not in a Christian household. Um, Went to a summer camp when I was 14 years old and heard about Jesus for the first time. Uh, What I thought I knew about the Bible and about God and about the church and what scripture actually says about these things are completely different. And I learned that you know, God is someone who wants to know you personally. I learned that the Bible is not a rule book, but it is a story of redemption. It is a story right. of God's glory. And so I graduated from Rock Hill High School and then began my college degree at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I graduated in 2018 with two degrees. Uh, my first degree is in youth ministry, family, and culture, and my second degree is in biblical studies. Um, January of 2018, I got to, I got the privilege of marrying my beautiful wife. Her name is Miranda. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, she is, she is great. And we have been married for a little over two years now. Um, I was serving at a Methodist church in Columbia and one as the director of student ministries there. And one thing that my wife and I love to do to pass time is every now and then we would just type in a random state and see what jobs are there. <laughs> we'll hypothetically choose a job and what houses in the area and employment opportunities for her. And there was one day we sat around and we were looking in California and Oregon and Florida and we pulled up Texas and saw that there was a church in San Antonio called First Presbyterian Church. Um well, I hope that you're no longer playing that inter- internet uh, job search game. I'm, I'm so glad. We're so no. glad that you're here. Uh, you know, it is a strange thing to walk into a ministry situation and and suddenly be thrust into a global pandemic. Um, but Absolutely. we'll come back to that in a, in a moment. You know, it's been fun getting to know Alex, not only through the interview process, but also just face-to-face. Uh, Morgan, my wife, and I got to go along with Alex and our youth ministry team to the Big Bend over spring break right before the world closed down. We got to go to one of the most beautiful places, not only in the, in Texas, but in the world. 
and to, to spend a, a few days camping and hiking with Alex and with the kids. And just what a great time that was. And, and I tell you what, camping reveals everything about a person. And uh, <laughs> yes, I tell you, it, it, it exposes just about everything you either do or don't want to know. And, and I, can, I can attest to the fact that that Alex uh, came through that with with flying colors as well as the rest of our youth staff and especially our kids. So we are so thankful that he's here. Just before we get into our our no fear discussion, Alex, what what are your hopes? What are your dreams for First Presbyterian Church's youth student uh, ministry to the their ministry to the, our ministry to families? What? What are your what are your plans? What are your thoughts? Your philosophies? Tell us a little bit about the the youth pastor side of you. Um, I think that one of the biggest hopes that I have for the student ministry is that the student ministry would not be the corner of the church that you know causes all the damage to the pews <laughs> and has teenagers wandering around. Uh, we we really try to focus on intentionality in our ministry, and that's something that we spent a lot of time as a team talking about. Um, we're really starting to prepare to help parents kind of see our perspective of we want to be intentional with everything we do in the student ministry, every program we hold, every Bible study we have, every talk and Sunday school lesson that is given, that there is a purpose behind it. And that is to show the students that there is a purpose for them to be called to discipleship, that there is a reason that they are here in this building, and it is because of a Savior that loves them, that loves them so much that he died for them. And our vision is to have our students spend a short time in our student ministry to prepare them for lifelong discipleship, mm, that whether they are with us or they have gone on to greater things that the Lord has called them to, that their relationship with the Lord is not dependent on their relationship with the student ministry, rather that we are equipping them for success and they can learn how to serve, how to be plugged into multiple uh, ministry avenues and cross-generational to really see students grow in their walk with the Lord. We are here to support them, to support the family. Um, you know, we, as much as we want to in our pride, we cannot do it by ourselves. So we are here to support already the foundation being laid by the families and the discipleship at home. And that requires a lot of work amongst us as staff members uh, requires a lot of work with us as the parents and uh, we love doing it and that's what energizes me that's what excites me is to see that light bulb go off in the student's head when they finally comprehend something or that encouraging moment where the family steps forward and says you know we have seen our student grow in their walk with the lord and uh, that that's really our hope and that's our desire for every student that passes through our doors you know one of the things that that I really appreciated about getting to know you early on was just how well-trained and how well-prepared you were, not only for youth ministry, but for teaching in general. And and that's, I think, one of the great assets that you bring. But one of the things that that is true right now is that we're all going through something that none of us were expecting. Um, you know, I, I think your your education at Columbia International University prepared you for a youth ministry you were expecting, mm -hmm. say a word maybe about how how maybe it prepared you for a youth ministry you were not expecting, uh, that nobody was expecting during a global pandemic. Um, say a couple words about that. Um, I think one thing that is constant throughout ministry, whether it is in person, like we were 
at the beginning of this year or even now through this different time and circumstances is the need for connection. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whether it is through a Zoom call, whether it's a phone conversation, a texting conversation or communicating with one of our students over a video game. Um, (laughs) We have we have seen that these students still crave connection. Um, I think that with all of the distractions that have been forcibly removed from us, um, it has really made us realize how important conversations are, how important relationships are. And so one thing that CIU really emphasizes with anyone who comes through the youth ministry program is that you have got to be, you just need to understand the calling that you have to be a connection to these students. Mm -hmm. Um, You represent the church. You represent the gospel to these kids and those relationships should be at the forefront of your mind. And so, you know, I'm thankful that I had a few months before this massive change to our culture hit that I could start to lay some of the foundation work for the students so that now that we are in this different opportunity of ministry, um, we're, you know, really learning how valuable those relationships were that we made beforehand. Um, but, you know, that's, well, we have seen the value in relationships and we were expecting relationships to be the foundation of our ministry. Uh, one thing that I think nobody was prepared for is realizing how important technology is. Uh, <laughs> I think that right. this this time has shown us just how valuable it is to be able to communicate at any time, to have the opportunity to connect with everyone right at the tips of your fingers. Um, I have learned more about YouTube and video editing that I never thought I needed to know before all of this. <laughs> right. But, you know, we're, we're having to post videos. We're writing out our um, Bible studies now. We are. So the, the prep work looks very different and it's really growing us and challenging us as a team of, you know, the gospel does not stop regardless of what's going on in our world. Therefore, how are we going to adjust? How are we going to be able to call an audible to continue to reach these students? And I don't think anybody was prepared for that, but I think it's a testament to God's grace and how faithful he has been that no matter what storms are thrown at us, he is still with us and he is still calling us to church work. Well, so one of the funny stories that that I I heard, and, and it was not even really a story, but I heard that that uh, one of the first nights of this, as we were just starting to get our technology up and running, since you brought up the technology, that one on one of the first uh, gatherings of the youth ministry together, you had like something like twenty middle schoolers on a Zoom call. What <laughs> yes. what in the world is that like? I mean, mindful of the fact that they may listen to this, but <laughs> what is it like having twenty middle schoolers on a Zoom call? Oh, man. I think one of the biggest (laughs) things that I quickly realized is that if you're in person, you can raise your voice to get their attention. But over a Zoom call, if 20 kids are talking at once, you have no choice but to sit back and just watch and just try to pick out something that's happening. Um, We quickly learned how important it is to be the host of a meeting so you can hit that mute button if need be. (laughs) We love all of our students. We want to hear from them. But when there's 15 to 20 of them talking at once and you have no ability to talk over them or get their attention. It is like a free for all. And you were just watching this cascading waterfall of 13 year old random thoughts coming towards you. Yeah. And, and, so, and when you get back together live, you're not going to have that mute button. I mean, that's right. Right. But at the same time, you know, I, 
I, I remember somebody else saying, well, gosh, how do they get anything done? But and but the truth is, when you've got that many kids on a Zoom call in this sort of context, in this situation, just the fact that you've made the connection is a ministry. Right. That I mean, that is such an important thing, just to be willing to to say, hey, you all are important enough for me to be here and to be connected with you all. And and I just want to applaud you for that. And and you are having to be so innovative. I mean, going from a camping trip to Big Bend to now Zoom meetings every week, we, we're, I mean, you have gone from Stone Age to Tech Age in youth <laughs> ministry in, in just a very short amount of time. Well, Alex, this is the No Fear podcast. So what's what's your No Fear word of the day for us? Absolutely. Uh, the main word that's associated with this passage would be waiting, waiting on the Lord and not having fear in the midst of this waiting. So we'll be in Psalm 130, uh, verses 5 and 6, a few short words. Um, it is, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Hmm. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Well, tell us, so what about this passage really speaks to you in this COVID-19 process? Um, I discovered this passage literally the weekend after I first had my communication with Becky. And what was interesting is during our entire discussion with Becky about, you know, potentially coming on and moving to San Antonio was we knew that under no circumstances could we begin earlier than January 2020. Um, you know, my wife still had her last semester at the University of South Carolina, and we, we couldn't go anywhere. And so, you know, by God's grace, we went through the interview process um, over a Zoom call back before we realized how important Zoom was going to be <laughs> um, in June of 2019. And it went well, and it seemed like we really connected. And later that week, Becky reached out and said, Hey, we'd love to have you for an in-person interview in August. Well, Bob, I'm not a patient guy. I love knowing <laughs> things when I want to know them. Right. And so it was this awesome, but very tense time of, I've got two months until this in-person interview and the ramifications of, man, we might be moving to San Antonio from Columbia. That's halfway across the country. And so this, this passage was revealed to me and it is, it has been a constant in my time of arriving to San Antonio of I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word, I put my hope. And so during those two months of waiting for the interview, it was just a constant reminder of wait, of be patient. In the word of God, I put my hope not in my own plan or timeline or schedule. And then, you know, we, we really connected in August. We, you know, we were further into communication found out that this is what God has willed for our lives. And so from August to December was just this four-month period of waiting and waiting and growing in the Lord and being patient and having all these expectations, but knowing that we can't do anything to get there quicker. And man, how relevant is that to our lives right now? Right. Uh, our entire world has just been put on a standstill, um, you know, with our jobs, with our economy, with our plans with our vacations and our school schedules and our extracurricular activities, no matter what we want to do, we can't speed up this timeline any faster than it already is. Um, and we have no choice but to wait on the Lord and then to put our hope in his word as Psalm 130 verse five says. So as a, 
a minister to youth. How do you explain that to a 13-year-old? And then how do you explain that maybe to a, a 17 or an 18-year-old who's whose senior year has been sort of disrupted by, mm-hmm. by this pandemic. Yeah. I think that those are two very similar, but also extremely different conversations. I think a, mm-hmm. a 13 year old student in seventh or eighth grade right now is really confused about what's going on. Um, you know, I, I know from my experience of both being in middle school and also working with middle school students is that this is the time of year they really start to get antsy about the end of school activities in the summer and they're really excited for it and now we don't have a choice but to say we don't know what's going to happen you know mm-hmm. our calendars for the next three to four months are in limbo and we're not sure what's coming up um, we don't know what what we can do what we cannot do the things we will be able to do um, but the truth of the gospel and the truth of this word is that all we can do is wait on the Lord, that no matter what plans we make as individuals, as a church, as a society, the Lord is the one who reigns supreme and his providence is over this entire situation. Now, for the 17 and 18 year old, you know, they've got a lot of major decisions in front of them. Um, they've got high school graduation. They've got right. college choices. They've got roommates and majors to choose. And. You know, I, I see how much pressure is on students in that age bracket right now of you've got to decide your entire future. And we know that the Lord works through all and the, the Lord can redeem all. But really, the decisions you make now are going to be a part of your story that impact you for the rest of your life. And now on top of that, you have the added pressure of and we don't even know when you're going to be able to make those decisions. Right. And so to a to someone in that age range, I would just strongly encourage them to trust in God's goodness. That is the only thing that is going to sustain us through this time is still believing no matter what storms we are going through, no matter what worries or trials we're going through, that we must trust that God is good. And because we trust that he is good, we wait for him and we trust that his word is good. He is the one who knows this timeline. He is the one that knows when things will go back to normal. He is the one that knows that he has us, that his providence is the thing that is in control, not a virus, not a government, not a culture, but it is him and his word. And the only way we can know him is through his word. Of course, I'm not asking you to betray any confidences or anything like that, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of parents, there are a lot of grandparents. um, There are a lot of adults who work with or who know young people in their lives right now who might have some influence who might have some opportunity to speak into their lives right now. What, what are you hearing from, uh, from our students? What, what are they saying they really need right now? I mean, as a, you know, as a dad, as a 51 year old guy, I, I am sure I know what they need, but what are they saying <laughs> they need right now? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that these students are realizing is how busy their lives were. Mm. We have heard over and over and over again how bored they are. You know, there are only so many shows you can stream. There are only so many scrolls through Instagram you can do. Um, I think that once you strip away all of the the practices and the projects and the exams and the assignments and the, the clubs that they're a part of, and they just spend this time at home, they realize how much time is actually in a day and what a beautiful opportunity for parents to take a hold of that. You know, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, as I said earlier, that 
although the situation has changed, the kingdom of God has not. And we now have all of this time and, and not to downplay the, the struggles and the hardships that are going on because of this pandemic. But let, let's look at the, the beautiful opportunity that families have of you have forced time together. How many times <laughs> I know, you know, this as a daughter in college, how the time just flies by and you feel like in a blink of an eye, it's all gone because everyone's so busy and everyone's right. doing everything. Well, now you've got a beautiful opportunity in front of you. And so these students have, have said to us, we're bored. We, we, we don't have a lot to do. We have our schoolwork and then we'll do a few things around the house, but there's just so much time in the day. And that's really been our drive to encourage and equip parents of, hey, you have your opportunity to get to know your student. You don't have to get them anywhere. They don't have anything that they have to see or have to be a part of. They are at home right now. And this is your opportunity to minister to them, to disciple them. And so we have been really intentional about the resources we've provided um, with the encouragement and the, the passages of scripture we've given to the parents, because we want to see the parents continue to be the spiritual leaders in their students' lives. That is our goal as the student ministry and our goal as the church is to equip families to do ministry from home, and we support them in that effort. So where do they, so for those parents who are who are really wanting to take advantage of those uh, those resources, where do they find those? How can How can we get those and and what will we find when we get there? Yeah, so the best way that we're keeping in contact with parent is with our parents are through emails. Mm -hmm. um, every week we send out emails about our times and information for our Zoom calls. We have a middle school Bible study and check-in that happens on Wednesday evenings. We've got high school girls on Tuesday evenings and high school guys on Wednesday evenings. Um, that is just a chance for all of our students to get together and talk, to share with one another. Now, what has been beautiful about that is because we, this is a digital meeting, there are students who normally could not come to our in-person Bible studies that are now able to attend these meetings because their calendars are so clear and because they have the opportunity now to connect. And so we would love to have any parents um, plugged into those emails. We also, every Tuesday morning, send out a weekly email that is specifically targeted for the parents. Um, every week we're including either an article that walks them through some ideas or tips for at-home discipleship, or we've been plugging them in with resources of, here's how to start a spiritual conversation. I think a lot of parents are intimidated hmm. of, right. I don't feel like I'm, I'm equipped to have these kind of conversations with my student. The answer is you are. You are. If you are walking with the Lord and you have a story about how God has moved in your life, you know, we, we firmly believe in the priesthood of all believers, that mm -hmm. all of us are priests, that all of us have the spiritual gifts to share the gospel, and your family is your first ministry. Well, that's how you all are here for our students and our families. How can we as a congregation be there for you? What can we be praying for for you personally, for the for the ministry? How can we be supporting you as members of First Presbyterian Church? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of stigmas that surround youth ministry, and we would love <laughs> to tear those down. You know, yes, we, we are wild and we eat a lot of junk food and drink a lot of soda, but at the heart <laughs> of what we do is ministering to teenagers. Um, one thing that really impacted me is in one of my classes at CIU, our professor asked, I want you to think over your lifetime of three sermons you have heard and recall them and be able to 
think about the main points right now. And he waits a few seconds and he says, all right, now I want you to think of three people that have impacted your life in a positive way. And almost 100% of the time, it is a lot easier to think of those three people than it is the three Mm, sermons, right? Because people have such a profound impact. And if you were to take that further, almost all of the people that are mentioned are people that were around during our teenage years. Alex Clary, I just want to thank you for coming on the No Fear podcast today. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for everything you're doing for our students, for our families, for our congregation, for our community, and especially for our Lord. Absolutely. I love being on. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout the COVID-19 crisis at fpcsanantonio.org. Until next time, I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.